Shall we begin? Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure? It's time. It's time. Do you need to say it's time? Stay calm. Help. I need somebody. Help. Don't ask me a question. If you don't want to hear what my answer is, I'm going to answer it. Not just anybody. You know I need someone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, once again, it's that time of the month. <laughs> wait, wait, hold <laughs> on. Uh, oh, man. We're, we're starting it off a little personal. <laughs> Nathan's on let his me, myriad to let me restart. Let me, well, I might. Let me restart. All right. Uh, Shall we begin? Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure? It's time. It's time. Yeah, you just say it's time. Stay calm. Help. I need somebody. Help. Don't ask me a question. If you don't want to hear what my answer is, I'm going to answer it. Not just anybody. You know I need someone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's shock therapy is, yes. the, is what time it is. Yes. Gosh. This is hard. Also known as that time of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Have our cycles all synced up? Oh, gosh. Can we stop talking about this? You started it. Not on purpose. Shock therapy. Your question's answered today. There it is. Jay West is here. It's so good to be back, Nathan and Bex. That's not our name. Well, it's Vent Lab, but right, right, right. not Nathan and Bex. She's Rebecca name. now. Yeah. Well, I She's know. She's having a total see, just life change. there from, you know, ages just ago. Just admit you messed up. Okay, I did. <laughs> that's fine. We all mess up. In fact, that's kind of the reason why we uh, we do shock therapy. Yep. We all mess up. We all have questions. We do. And that's why we do Shock Therapy, so that you can ask your questions here without being scared of getting called out or anything. Yep. It's totally anonymous. You can text our text line. J-West, what is the... 816-787-1511. That's correct. You can text that line yep. anytime a question pops up in your head. You're taking a shower. You're driving to work. Whatever happens to happen. Don't, the question. don't text while you're driving. Yeah, well, if you're sitting scary. in traffic, though, you know, and you're getting real angry, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, is this okay? And then you have a question about anger. Yeah. Like, is it okay to flip off the big truck coming up that's riding my tail, even though I'm already going over five miles per hour over the speed limit? How fast do you need to go? It better be an emergency. Is there somebody dying in your car right now? Is somebody giving birth? You know, Rebecca would. It is not okay <laughs> to flip somebody off. It, that is the answer, but if you were in the car, you'd be like, are you in the left lane? Because if you're in the left lane, get out of their way. That's what you would say. Yes. <laughs> no, but what about yes. this? What about this? What about this? What about this? You're <laughs> in the left lane, but you're actively passing people. So you're not, if you pull into the right lane, you have to put on your brakes. So should you pull into the right lane and put on your brakes so that the dude in the big truck with the dualies and the freaking pipe sticking out the top, probably oh. a Ram. I bet he's driving a Ram, a Dodge Ram. Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and answer this. Yes, you do oh. need to get over and let the guy and put on your brakes. Yes, and put on your brakes. Why? Just let him go by. He's Why? going faster than you. Why do you? I have to be inconvenienced so that he can be Listen, not reckless? I, I'm gonna give the three car okay. rule there. If you're driving in the fast lane, mm-hmm. 
and somebody is on your tail behind you, you can pass three cars and no more than that before you need to get over and wow. let them go by. It's going to cause you less stress to get over and just let the dude who has a fire he's trying to get to. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't. Where's the fire? The only fire. <laughs> Never mind. You know what? Whatever. He's in the wrong. You do you. But do it safely. In fact, just drive the speed limit just and drive the, drive the middle or the far right yeah. lane. See, when okay. our, That's what, the easy thing. Okay, funny story. Our son, I was just Jay West and yes. I, our son, was on <laughs> his way somewhere in Missouri. And he gets back home and he's like... So Missouri has this rule that you can only pass in the fast lane. Like you can't just drive in the fast lane the entire time. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. (laughs) That's not just in Missouri. Not just Missouri. (laughs) You're only supposed to be passing in that lane all the time. This is a courtesy. All the time. And I always remind Zacchaeus, I'm like, "Uh, you know, you may be going and thinking you're helping them, but are they going to pay your ticket when you get pulled over? Hmm? I mean, they may be on your bumper, but really, you're going to push the speed limit? I mean, come on. Just get come over. On. Just get over. Just drive the speed limit. Just do, the do right what thing. Rebecca does. Three cars then over in the right. Yeah. <laughs> and just for the record, I do usually pull over or like change lanes, and even if it means I have to break so that that person can get past, because you never know where they are in an emergency. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, mm. I'm going to be late either way. <laughs> so That's true. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> Okay, so on our last podcast, yeah. we were talking about the Super Bowl and how Nathan was going to be the only person in Kansas City not watching the Chiefs dominate the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Nathan had a little change of heart and uh, decided he was going to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. It was more of a forced interaction. Okay, really. who forced you, Nathan? My parents. They invited, my whole family was over at my parents' house. We ate dinner. <laughs> then Wait, wait, did you just say they invited you? So they didn't oh. force you to come over. They invited you, so you had a choice to no. say like, yeah, Here's or Here's the no. thing, though. If I said no, mm-hmm. then my mother would have assumed I hated her guts. Wow. Which, by the way, Mom, I love you. And Dad, I love you, this too. This is true. I don't hate either of your guts. Nope. But if I didn't go, then just Mom would have been like... Just in case they were wondering. Just in yeah. case they were... You never know. You know, you ever think, wow, do my kids hate me? No. Well, my mom does, I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sometimes I get that feeling that she's like, Nathan's really just going down a path. <laughs> like, he just hates both of us. <laughs> you know? Wow. I get that feeling sometimes. And okay. she'll send one of my siblings, like, go talk to Nathan. Mm-hmm. Mom, just come talk to me. It's fine. But anyway, that's a whole different other thing. Shock therapy. Should we just it. talk about Wait, that? Hold My on. God. We're, ta- we're talking about the fact that you you were watching the Super Bowl because right. you texted me and said you were watching. We were having a little texting interaction until we got to the halftime show, and then it got a little crazy during uh, the halftime show. Right. <clears throat> it was crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and then I left. Why did you leave? The Chiefs were losing, and I wanted to play video games more than I wanted to watch that, and it was an acceptable time for me to leave. But you felt that if you stopped watching, you texted me and said, I'm going to stop watching, you'll thank me later, because you feel like you watching the Super Bowl has something to do with them losing, which they were at the time. (laughs) Right, and I said this last podcast as well, Um, whenever the Royals won the World Series, I didn't watch a single game that season, I still to this day never watched the Royals game where they won. And so I was like, well, I can only assume mm. that they won because I wasn't there. 
because I did watch a game after I actually went to a Royals game after they won the World Series, and guess what? They lost. So, you know, there's that. And so with the Chiefs, <laughs> I figured probably the same thing. I haven't watched a game all season. They are in the championship. Like, this is the game. It's the Super I'm Bowl. not going to risk it. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to watch just in case I might be cursed. And to this day, I think I'm probably cursed because they were losing whenever I was watching. And guess what happened? Whenever I stopped watching. It was literally the next play. Yeah. Like, you told me you weren't watching. I was like, that's ridiculous. Whatever, Nathan. Go play your video games. And then they get a touchdown and, and they start coming back. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Nathan, stay away. So I texted you to update you on how the game was going. But I was like, do not return. Mm. Don't watch this. So to Nathan, the unsung hero of unsung. the Super Bowl, thank you for your sacrifice. You're welcome. <laughs> now that we got that now over that we got that over with, Kansas City... You're welcome. And it's exciting. You know, and besides, I could have stayed, and they probably still would have won, but I would have felt a lot of guilt had I stayed and they lost. Because mm-hmm. then, like, all of my friends, you know, scrolling through Facebook, everybody's upset, and it's like, my bad, dude. I watched the game. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see what happened. We really appreciate that you stepped away. Thank you You're for welcome. your sacrifice, Nathan. You're Kansas so Kansas City thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> you bet they do. Kansas City. Anyway, hit shock therapy. Let's get into these questions, shall we? Unless you guys had something uh, else you wanted to nope. ch- chat Let's about. Let's jump into the questions. I love it. So this first question says, so I started working out back in October of last year. Gave up pop in September, but uh, from December 9 till January 3rd, I wasn't going but once a day. I think actually that means once a week. If yeah. you're only going, going once a day, you're fine. You're Carry fine, on, but my friend. I have to... It's actually once a week, so I'm having a hard time maintaining. You guys ever hmm. felt like that? I get uh, that. Yeah. I haven't worked out since, oh, let's see, when did I finish college? Wow. You're right. Two years ago. Uh-huh. For me, it's been, been a about a year and a half. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. My you, treadmill broke, remember? Oh, Smoking. That's r- yeah, that's Smelled right. Smelled like electricity, like just burning. Yeah. It, melting. it legitimately <laughs> ran on the treadmill until the yeah. treadmill gave up. I like how, yeah. yeah, it gave up. That's a great way to look at it. Don't I feel better? Now, listen, it's not that I haven't worked out because I don't want to be, you know, healthy. Life's been a little busy. That being said, it's a total excuse for yeah. why I'm not working out. Yeah. I. I mean, I get the whole not working out, but once a week. Right now, I maybe work out once a week. And I was very much like, I got nothing else better to do. I'm going to go work out like every day. Mm -hmm. But um, I haven't. So I understand that. As far as advice on how to get back to the gym more than once a day. Once a week. Once a week. Right, right, (laughs) right, right, right. Uh, We're assuming. Unless you're you're really feeling guilty over only going once a day and you're like, I should be going in the morning and in the night. Then you're probably jacked. So, uh, anyway, the point is motivation. Motivation. Here's here, here's my advice from the days that I used to actually work out on a regular basis. And when I say on a regular basis, it was like three to four times a week that I was working out. Um, if you are only going once a week, it's probably because you're getting bored with your routine. Try something different, like. 
I mean, I don't know if you're a male or a female, but try a different class or, you know, if you haven't tried yoga, try that or maybe racquetball. If you're, I'm assuming this person is a part of a gym and there's lots of different things offered. Just mix it up a little bit yeah. and find something that gets you excited again. And I mean, I hear the whole like spinning classes are fun. Like to try that sometime. You know, we're going on a cruise next week, and they offer different like workout things. I thought about, I thought about trying something, and then I was like, no, I'll probably just sleep in and not do anything. But I thought about trying like a couple different things and seeing if it would inspire yeah. me because mm-hmm. I do need to start working out again. It's really cool running on a treadmill and looking out into the ocean. Oh, that's true. That's it's also really pretty. cool sitting in and chair <laughs> looking, looking out. out at the ocean and not doing anything um i i would almost well i don't know this person's situation but for me the reasons i don't work out regularly is not because i'm bored with my routine but because i've gone back to my old routine yeah that is just more natural the whole not going to the gym thing um and so for me i am more likely to go to the gym regular regularly Whenever I mix up my day-to-day routine, my normal routine. That's good insight. Because I I enjoy the gym, but I don't go just because it's like, man, I got to go put on my shorts. (laughs) Got to get a shirt that I can sweat in, and then it's It's cold cold outside. So I got to get my hoodie and everything. Where are my earbuds? Are they charged? Okay. Get my phone, get my keys, get water. All right, let's go. Like It's like a cut in my day. Yeah. It's like I have to just sacrifice a chunk of my regular schedule. And so I would say go ahead and make a conscious decision ahead of time that that chunk is already set aside for the gym. Yeah. You know, that chunk doesn't exist except for in the gym. Yeah, I was thinking when you said conscious decision, that was making me think, you know, sometimes we get ourselves into a mental rut. We're like, I know I need to do this, but do I really want to do it? Mm-hmm. And then like this, you find out, oh my gosh, there's actually an underlying tone of discouragement. Why do I feel discouraged? Why don't I just initiate? Because I know I'm going to feel better after I work out. And when I was running consistently on the treadmill, hopefully this is going to be an encouragement. But I remember like the third day of the week that I was working out, I'm like, okay, I just put on this many miles on the treadmill. I'm doing more push-ups. Whether it's two or four more push-ups in my, in my routine, it's like I know there is like an end result of like growth and improvement. But what is that underlying factor why I don't find – join that anymore mm-hmm. so maybe it's just getting to a mental place like you said nathan i'm just saying okay is there a disc- an underlying discouragement right now that i need to address talk through with a close friend maybe just have someone who's a friend to go with me to the gym and then have a shared experience of actually working yep. out together and being like yes just did that yep. like saying yes in like a kevin malone voice <laughs> yes you know <laughs> just <laughs> that making was it actually happen. pretty yeah, right on really <laughs> um yeah two more two more things that might help depending on I feel like everybody reacts to different methods differently. So I'm just spitballing out there. Mm. The way I get to the gym most of the time is with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, hey, you want to go to the gym? Whenever I am like, like, we'll go to the gym in the evening, I'll text them at like 11 or 10 or just whenever it pops in my brain. And I know that if I don't get that text out, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to the gym. Yeah. So I text them, hey, you want to go to the gym? And yeah. then if they're like, yes then that commitment is already made. Then I can't go back, you know? And then and then if they're like, hey, can't make it, then I'm like, shoot. Guess I can't go to the gym <laughs> yeah. today. You know? That sense of accountability just went out the right. window. Oh, man, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. Probably would get on a car accident or something on the oh way gosh, there. So wow. Probably good. Oof. Um, <laughs> Had some close calls. Yeah, wow. Good thing. It happen. Um, and then another thing, and I haven't done this with working out. Maybe I should. Um, but I've done it with other stuff in life 
is like picking a thing that I enjoy and then yeah. resolving to say, I will not do that thing. I won't allow myself to watch TV or play video games or whatever until I've done this, until I've gone to the gym. Yeah. So like the TV doesn't go on until I go to the gym. And then there's this feeling of guilt whenever I sit down. <laughs> and it took, it took me a while. Yeah. I did it with reading my Bible because I would pl- I'd sit down and play video games. And the whole time I'm like, oh, I should have read my Bible, but I'm already into this. <laughs> and then I played till like 2 a.m. Yeah. Like, Can't read now. Too Can't tired. I'll probably fall asleep. Lord, sorry. Should have made it more interesting. Um, and so it was like, all right, I just got to read my Bible before playing games. And there were a lot of times when I'd be playing games and then it's like, oh, frick, I forgot to remember my Bible. But <laughs> then you got to make that resolve that yeah. whenever you do remember, mm-hmm. you stop whatever you're doing, even yeah. if you're into it and being like, you know what? Shoot. I got to go, I gotta go do that. Yeah. I got to go do that. And then eventually yeah. it's just the training. Yeah. You know? It builds a rhythm. Right. And building rhythms are hard, but man, they're so worth it. Yeah. And so I don't know if that helps this particular person. Maybe hopefully one of those things that well, we, we talked about helps. I was hoping that this next joke would be a motivating factor because I have a joke. Mm. Okay. It has to do with it's tug of war, which is like bad. Oh, probably. No. Again, so, this is like the one this joke is fa- you tell all the time. I didn't say this on podcast. Rebecca, the people don't know. So, I'm s- okay. So what do you call two pigs playing tug of war? Uh, um, don't know. Pulled pork. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to work out. You're at the gym. You know, you're playing. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. You Moving on. Fat? No, I'm just saying. You're saying funny. only pigs go to the gym? No, I'm just saying because, you know, tug of war mm. is pretty strange. You know, you feel it in your biceps. And your triceps, right, 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 right. You ever do that, that rope thing where they go up and down, make it all oh, wavy? Oh, my gosh. That looks amazing. Yeah, it looks I'm, super useless, yeah. but I'm sure it hurts. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I've never done it. It takes Why so long to I set up. Why do I feel like I need to apologize for that joke? Don't because it's it's a really it's a bad joke, but it's still funny. <laughs> bad jokes can be fun. Well, hold on, let me back up. You know, <laughs> Listen, I mean, but did you laugh? Like you okay. might be offended, but okay, it was guys, a good joke. Here's the thing you're missing out on. He's told this joke every day like for it. like the last couple of weeks. It's funny. Like every time he he meets somebody that he hasn't told the joke to, he tells the joke. So I okay. keep hearing this joke. Over and over and over. And by now, I would think he would find a different joke. Well, here's the thing. Mm. We don't eat pork. And so here I'm telling a pork joke because we don't even eat pork. That doesn't even make sense. But it's, it's pulled pork. Jewish? No. I don't. don't. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. So and we just not don't only do pork. I not eat pork. <gasps> Can I tell what happened at work today? Oh, my goodness. I know this isn't anything that this has to do with shock therapy. No, this is good. But it has to do with being a vegetarian. Rebecca accidentally ate meat. No, I did not. She oh. ate okay. pulled pork, JOS. Oh, my goodness. So you, you all may know. While she was laughing because she remembered your <laughs> she joke. She remembered. That yeah. It's a good transition, right? I can't have gluten because I have celiacs and I'm a vegetarian. Every time at work we have food, I don't even go look at it because I assume I can't have it. Well, today we were having this huge Super Bowl party at work where... They had a huge pizza party and lots of drinks and salad and cookies and everything. Everything. And I was like, that's great. I won't be going because I can't eat anything. So I was just working away. And the sales guy comes running in and he's like, where's, the, where's, where's she at? And he points at me and he's like, I got you a pizza. And I was like, are you kidding? Oh my gosh. And he's like, hey, I remembered Last time, I I noticed that you couldn't eat anything. So this time, 
I made sure to personally order you something. He said, go to the kitchen. It's in the broken microwave. We have three microwaves at Intercom. One of them kind of works. <laughs> so he's like, it's in the microwave. So I go, I go get it. It's my own individual box of pizza from this place that I really like, gluten-free pizza. So I am so excited. One, the fact that people thought of me. I get to go to this party where everybody's eating pizza and celebrating, and I get to be a part of it. So I go, I grab the pizza, and everybody's like, oh, aren't you special? Getting to skip the line, grab my pizza, walking back to my desk, like skipping back to my desk. I was so excited. So I sit down. And I open the pizza and I'm just sitting there looking at it. And my boss, Mark, goes, you can't eat that, can you? And I was like, no. And he's like, it's got dead animal all over it, doesn't it? And I was like, oh, man. Yes. It was so like a sad. meat lover's gluten-free oh, pizza. Man. I was like, I was so thankful. I was so thankful they thought of me. So I felt like a total jerk because it's yeah. my choice that I don't eat meat. Felt like a total jerk that... They went to all of this effort, and now I can't even eat it. So Mark took it home for his wife. It was so nice. Jeez. It was the pulled pork pizza, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it had pulled pork all over it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so sorry. A single tear rolled nice. down her anyway, face. It yeah. was, it was such a nice thought. That's but this is like the story of my life where somebody like yeah. goes out of their way to get me something, it's and often. I... I can't. Sweet yeah. it. If yeah. you weren't a vegetarian, though, like that wouldn't happen it as much. It would have been fine. Yeah, that's your choice, though. <laughs> it is my choice. That's why I felt. Nathan, like a jerk. I still have the picture of the last meal that she had a twelve-ounce filet mignon, and I took a picture of her just devouring it. And that's uh, just so you know, that day. wasn't the last. Time it was I ate the last. Steak. Time. It just no. happened to be the only picture of me eating steak that you, you have. The last time on documentation. Yeah, that's okay. it was documented because you read that book. By that one author, and it convinced you not to eat meat anymore. Oh, that's a good book. Although you still make meat for our family, you still make meals that have meat <laughs> when in it. This last time you I just, made dinner. Well, okay, well, <laughs> you just set that one up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. So this listener, who texted in eight one six seven eight seven fifteen eleven, said, "Hey, I've been on the search for a church, but haven't found the right fit. If I like the music, I don't like the preaching." Well, and vice versa. So am I being too picky? That's a great question. In fact... Oh, they must have heard woo, your preaching. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. I had How long have you been holding um, that in? <laughs> I, it just came to me. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Seconds. Um, face this question a lot in ministry. In fact, we've been in ministry for over 20 years. And, you know, I guess the easy answer to approaching this would be, yeah, we're all picky. We all have our preferences and tastes and our likes or dislikes. So you're not in le- way in left field, and you shouldn't feel isolated because you may like one and not the other or vice versa. So it's this the reality that there is no perfect church. There's no perfect church. And there's going to be churches that we feel like, man, this really speaks my language, and there are going to be times where I'm like, I like it, kind of. And, you know, that's just the reality of just trying to find our, our own fit where we fit in worship, where we fit in, you know, a body of believers, um, a body of faith. So, um, I don't know, Nathan, Rebecca, what do you think about that whole scenario? Because I, this is pretty common, um, and it's not anything people should feel isolated or alone in. It's just trying to find their niche, their fit. I have nothing to contribute to this. Really? I've gone to my parents' church my entire life. Your parents' church? Well, it's my church, but... it. I'm going because it's the church that I grew up in. There, okay, that makes sense. You know, yeah. 
Okay, this I is would, your home church, right? And if I had yeah. to pick, yeah, I haven't ever visited a church that I was like, man, I wish our church was like yeah. this. You know, like, no, it's but true. when you went to college, you did visit several churches. Yeah, what How a did you decide on where you were going to go? Uh, <laughs> I went to the one that reminded me most of my home church. <laughs> there you go. You but it. actually, I, I will yeah. say this. I will say this. Um, the 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 pastor of the church that I ended up going to was the was a professor at the college I went to. He was also okay. the head of the biblical counseling um, the whole department, which was my major was biblical uh, biblical counseling. And so I already knew him, and I knew that basically I could guarantee that all of his teaching was going to be solid, you know. Um, and then the whenever I was visiting, I really liked the way that they formatted. Mm-hmm. Um, the messages they had a Sunday morning, like a, a Sunday school, which I only ever went to maybe once or twice because yeah. it started at nine a.m. Okay, and I'm not about that. But that was like the Sunday school was like here's actual like teaching. Yeah, you know here's here's the stuff that happened in the Bible. Here's why. Here's how it relates to everything else and everything like that. And then the actual service was like preaching, was like life problems and and stuff like that. Yeah, and I really liked that. Um, and the singing was good. I mean, really all of it was good. I, I enjoyed, you know, a lot of it, a few of my classmates also went there. I was friends with them. And so yeah. there was, it was a smooth transition. Um, and so that was good. And they had like, uh, a young adult group that met. It was kind of like a life group just mm-hmm. once a week mm-hmm. we would meet. And even though I actually ended up going to a different young adult group, it was great to see that they were actually doing stuff like that. Cause I think that's yeah. like a critical thing for churches to be yeah. doing. And so to see that a church was f- going along with the steps that I believed a church should be going along with. I felt like for me, that was a good sign. Yeah. Um, every other church that I went to, there'd be like some, th- some things, you know, that I maybe not comfortable and during the worship service or like the, <clears throat> I don't like the pastor yeah. or, you know, or the, his method of preaching. Um, and stuff like that, or the type of attitude that goes on in the lobby. You know, there's like tons of different stuff that, that could be uh, deterring you from going to the church. So that's kind of what led me to the church I went to, I that's guess. That's great. No, that's a really good picture. I think there's a lot of, um, whether you're a student or a young adult, or even just recent, maybe being a mature adult, you, you just found yourself in a surrender story of faith. And so now you're just trying to find your place. And, you know, it's good to ask questions. It's good to just be able to identify what you like, what you don't like. But at some point, just coming down, making a decision, giving yourself, one, a realistic time frame. If that's a place that maybe there's a convenience factor of how close that church family is to you and your location, or maybe there's just a time frame factor that you really like, but maybe you're struggling with the music or the preaching. Regardless, make a decision Give yourself a window of time of how many Sundays you're going to be apart, but also, like Nathan said, get involved in, like, the backbone of the church, like the life group, the Sunday school, whatever that is kind of like the lifeblood, because it will change your perspective the more you get to know the heart of the people. And those things that may just kind of, like, be like a thorn in your side, like, I don't like to preach in the music, whatever, um, you start being able to, I can, I can get through this because mm-hmm. I really enjoy how people care for me. I really enjoy caring for others at this body of believers. And, you know, again, give yourself realistic time frames. Cool. But I would say in the initial like search, when, when you don't know anybody there and you're just trying to find like the right place, we live in Kansas city. So you have a lot of options. So unless you live in a really small town where there's only like a couple options, uh, you've got a lot to choose from. So you can be a little more picky when you're in a big city. 
I would go straight to the church's social media. Like you can Google yeah. what churches are around you and then go look at their social media pages because that should give you a really good indicator of what is important to them and a reflection of what their services and yeah. what their mission stuff is. When like. I was in Bible college, uh, we had to do an assignment. We had to go visit different churches with different backgrounds, whether it was Roman Catholic or Protestant or cares, whatever. It, like there's like this... <laughs> like you had a pick of it. And so I remember going to a few services on a morning um, and this church was like, well, welcome today. And I was like, well, thanks. I'm just, again, checking things out. They're like, well, search no more. We're the best. Whoa. I'm like, uh, <laughs> and I kind of laugh because I'm like, I've never been spoken to that way by a church. Like, well, we're the best. Right. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, it just made me feel really, it made me feel awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what was behind that, and they didn't know me. I didn't know them. It was just kind of funny. Um, but I, I think I, looking back, they probably had just the intentions of just like, hey, just come discover um, where you fit in ministry. And I think the biggest thing, well, one, knowing that it's just a biblical, you know, being a biblical church, and then two, in that decision limits the amount of um, – disconnect from a local body because when you're not connected to a local body essentially what's happening is you become a spiritual orphan you're just like you're out, you're just out there you're just kind of floundering and the goal of fellowship is to bring you in so you can function your gifts your talents what you bring to the mix of all walks of life to say hey i have this to be able to offer and to serve and to give in a way that you know brings honor to god and it helps edify and build up others so that's a great question. I really like those kind of questions because it just shows the reality that even though we may be walking with Christ, uh, we may feel a little bit uneasiness because we're not sure if we are in the right fit. But what what like a, a span of time do you think is normal for people to be searching? And and along with that, how many Sundays do they visit before making a choice of like mm, not feeling it or like you know. This is this is okay for me. No, that's a great question. Um, so if you think about it, if you just go one Sunday, every Sunday of the month, you get 52 hours a year. I mean, most people are working more than that in a week, just trying to get by in their jobs, their commitments, all that. So I would give a good quarter, you know, give a good three months, which is essentially 12 Sundays to say, yes, I found my fit, or you know what? I think I'm going to keep looking. Hmm. Um, that's a good healthy amount of time. If you think about it, you know, there's a 90-day rule in, you know, employment. When you're employed by an employer, you have a, you know, a job that says the 90-day rule, you know, kind of evaluate, step back where you're at. Are you thriving? Are you blossoming in that role? Or you have a lot of setbacks, discouragement, whatever it might be. Um, some of those things can apply. I'm not saying that's the rule, but it's an, it's an applicable rule to be able to say, yeah, I think I found where I belong. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Cool, well, cool, hey, cool. there's another question here uh, from this listener. I think we got that, through that one pretty well, unless Rebecca has I think else. we covered it three Good. times over. Awesome. I don't have any close friends, this listener says. Uh, I go to work and, and home and not really anywhere else. I'm shy and not good at initiating conversations. So how do I make friends? By the way, I'm in my 30s. Man. Well, you guys have already been been okay, there, done well. that, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've seen all of the 30s. Have Rebecca to just waved bye bye to 30s like last month. Yeah, sorry. I think as you get older, it gets harder to make friends because you have less things that you're a part of, or less groups that you get to be a part of. Like once you're out of school, once you're out of college then your pool of friends diminishes yeah. a lot, and you've basically got your work friends. 
And then are you involved in anything else outside of that? And so like if you're involved in church, then you have your church friends. If you have like some type of a club you're a part of, then there. But um, yeah, so it becomes really difficult. I Mm -hmm. think all the friends that I have, I either met when I was in college, which wasn't that long ago. (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't know, five years ago yeah. or something like that. Can you believe that? that? We met in college. Yeah, so Wild, you look, were in your I 30s. still have a friend <laughs> from college. I have a couple. Um, and then from church, mm-hmm. other than that, I don't really, and work, I don't have any friends outside of that. Yeah, so it's kind of your world. <clears throat> so that was not giving any advice. I was just no, saying what that, you, uh, relating. Like, it's difficult yeah. as you get older to, to make those friends. And then people move away and you have those factors and layers of like people just, now there's a vacancy. And as you get older, like some friendships change. Like maybe somebody that was your best friend when you were 28, when you're 33, they're not in your life anymore. And not because anything bad happened. It's just the life changes and transitions happen and you move on. And so, yeah, I think you just have to be a part of something outside of work. And whether that's joining a church or, you know, if there's something else that you really like. I know, like, a lot of people who drive Jeeps are a part of, like, a Jeep club because that's something that they have in common. Just, you know, or if you're a total nerd and you like video games or something like that, I guess I'll just leave Nathan to speak to that. (laughs) That's where I interact with a lot of my friends. Mm -hmm. But that being said, all of those friends I've met in person. Um, All of them? Except for, well, uh, recently there was a friend of a friend. His name is Julian, and he's from the UK, but he lives in New York. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know him personally, but everybody else, yeah. I know everybody that I'm talking to, interacting with. Um, And I use video games more of a way of keeping up with friends that I've already made. Yeah. Um, It's something that we have in common because, for instance, Grant, Grant and I, Grant. Grant. We uh, we don't really have time to hang out once a week or regularly, but we can play for an hour or two on video games and interact that way. And so when we actually do see each other at work or wherever it is, then we're uh, we're we're just back to back to old times or whatever. But I think a big thing. In fact, I don't really know how how else you would make friends other than people from work and church and stuff is just being a part of something that regularly happens you know even the gym even the gym i was literally thinking about that i was thinking of like uh, a rock climbing gym you know there are people who go to those things regularly yeah you know and even if they're going every day and you're like i can only go on one day of the week that's fine they already know everybody's faces so they're just learning yours it's you know hard to know yeah. them but they're they should be all friendly and stuff and so i I, th- I feel like if i were like really really trying to to get a new group of friends i would just find something that mm-hmm. meets regularly find something that i have a uh, an enjoyment in a hobby or something yeah and then finding people who share that exact same thing and then you'll probably have other things that cross over as well. Yeah, that was just thinking the same wavelength. It's like, you know, identify what you really enjoy. Kind of like, you know, star three, circle two kind of mindset. Like the top two things that are most important to you. And then like just trying to leverage those. So let's say, for example, it, maybe it's books or a series of books. And you have maybe two or three close friends who enjoy reading as well. 
you make a commitment, you're going to read it, and then you get together for coffee and conversation mm-hmm. to discuss the book or whatever that looks like, but you're sharing something that's important to you that you value with others, and that helps bring out of that shell, if you will, mentality, like, hey, I have a connection now to where I don't feel isolated or alone. And even if they may not, they may not be close friends, at least they're a circle of friends that share maybe your top two interests, and then yeah. you start thriving in them. Something too that, and this really helped me whenever I was in Springfield. <coughs> Whoa, when was I? <laughs> whenever you hit puberty, <laughs> right? Whenever I was in college, that's impressive. Um, was that I? I pretty much told myself that I have to say yes. That could get you in danger. I realize that, <laughs> but if you're surrounding yourself with yeah. the right people, you know, yeah. And so if somebody was like, "Hey, we're gonna have a movie night. You're welcome to come." Then I'd be like, "Sure." What time and day? And they're like, 9 p.m. this day. And in my brain, I'm like, frick, dude, I want to play games that time. But I'm like, whatever. I could play games some other time, you know? Because you're not going to make friends yeah. if you're not hanging out with people yep. that, you know? And so, that makes sense. And so, whatever it was, hey, we're going to go to coffee. You want to, hey, we're going to study in the library. You want to come? Like, whatever situation it was, you want to do drugs in the back of, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Okay. That was. Um, <laughs> that, <Left field. laughs> just say yes nothing ever bad has happened <laughs> he's kidding right he's kidding but in a much more real sense i'm not right when <laughs> when when they're asking you to do something that right. is legal just don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone and if you are then just tell yourself to get over it that's what i have to do yeah. Like, that's why I did in college. It was like, oh, that's really uncomfortable. And I know I'm going to be uncomfortable while I'm there. But for how long am I going to be uncomfortable? Yeah. You and know? look for a cat when you get there. Yeah, try to find a cat. Um, they're great. And people <laughs> like cats. Not everybody, but. Well, only sane people <laughs> like cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my advice. I don't know if that helps. but Rebecca, did you? Oh, you already talked. Yeah, I already talked. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Well, here's another question from a listener who texted in. They say, I like my job, but I don't love it. So I don't have anything else lined up, but I have an idea what I want to do. How do I know uh, when to walk away? Ooh. Mm. That word, walk away. Um, And by the way, thank you, listener, for texting that in, because being able to put a stop to something that you've been in motion in is really difficult. Sometimes self-doubt or even self-worth, you know, kind of plagues thoughts of like, if I end this, does that mean I'm weak or I'm not strong enough? And that has nothing to do with your weakness or your strengths. I think it's coming to a grip with, you've hit a threshold for something new in your, in your career, or maybe you've grown in a way that you're like, hey, I think I could take on this next, next task um, and start developing and cultivating a love for that next job. But here's the thing. Um, try to find a way to love what you're currently doing so you leave your job well. You leave in good standings. You leave with a sense of confidence that even though it may have, it may have felt discouraging and disappointing and it didn't really feel, you know, bring a fulfillment to you, just know that whatever that means, you're going to be taking that into your next role. And you know, be satisfied with the fact that you are really gifted and talented or maybe you have some areas of growth that definitely needs to improve because here's the reality. We all need to improve better at what what we do but it's also saying i know i'm doing a good job here's how i can improve and just get after it go for it leave well leave well yeah i would advise that you have something else lined up before you walk away 
And so if you you like your job, but you don't love it, but there is something out there that you think you would love, I would go for it. But I would start developing that other um, prospect in the background. So it's to a place that when you leave one job, you have another job ready for you. But I wouldn't just stay somewhere if you don't really like it and and you know, like I said, prepare to prepare to move on to that next one, mm-hmm. whether it's yeah. developing skills to get there and yeah, but but do it while you're doing the other right. one. Yeah, do everything that you can to prepare while you're still yeah. you know, having paychecks come in. Also, maybe you would love your job that you're at more if you maybe talk to your boss about changing something. Mm-hmm. So that's also communication's um, key. Yeah, mm-hmm. potentially something you could do if it's similar to what you really want to do. Then, then go ahead and have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I always struggle with how like honest to be with my bosses. You know, usually depends on like what op- opportunities you have or how desperate you are. Right. Because if you're like, I'm so done with this, then you're willing to take more risks about having conversations. Yeah. In Springfield, I was very honest with the bosses of the radio station that I worked with. Um, didn't necessarily benefit me in that particular. In some ways that it, it did, but in other ways it didn't, you know. But anyway, that's just something that I always comes to mind. <laughs> totally useless information that no, I'm throwing out right now. But yeah. Yes, I, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Because I, totally, yeah. I would totally walk up to him and be like, Hey, this sucks <laughs> if I knew I wasn't going to get fired for it, you know? Like I don't want to quit, but like if we could maybe work together to like make this job not suck so much then I think a lot of people just like quit because they don't like how things are going and and that leaves your boss like like what? I didn't know anything was wrong. I didn't know that you didn't like being here because you don't communicate. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a tactful way you can communicate instead of just saying this sucks and I don't like this. Right. But like phrase it and like, hey, you know, I've been really struggling with. Well, I don't want. I don't think you should say you've been really struggling. Hey, so I've been thinking about this lately. How do you feel about this idea? Or you know, like think yeah. the think the plan through before you go to your boss about it. Yeah. Do you involve other people in that process before you go to your boss? Uh, that sounds dangerous to me. Yeah. I'm just I think that can come back on you if somebody else goes and talks to the boss before you mm-hmm. and then when you, it didn't come from your mouth. Yeah. No, I think that's wise. Neat. Um Yeah, we have another question. Actually, I didn't realize um but this is from the same person as our uh the working out question um they said love the new name and two shows a week format thank you very much yay uh it's only been going on for one week right are we in the second yes. week of that yeah yeah we got okay. this uh oh, oh we got this this morning this text came in this morning actually okay. um and if you want to text us by the way 816-787-1511 we do shock therapy uh once a month and first so, Tuesday of the month? Yes, the first Tuesday of the month. And so if you have something that comes to your mind, whether it's something that comes to your mind during this uh, podcast. Time of the month? Right. Uh, or if it's something that comes during <laughs> any time of the month, to be honest, if any questions pop up in Everybody your mind. Everybody cycles different. Then text us and we can talk about it and maybe talk you through it. 816-787-1511. Okay, the question, love the new name and two shows a week format. 
So I'm looking to do stand-up. I like to make people laugh. I'm looking to do stand-up because I like to make people laugh, but, I, but I'm not great in front of a large audience. I run through my material way too fast and have even left stuff out at times. I think that's completely normal. <laughs> Sounds like my sermon. <laughs> Amen. You joke, though. You joke, but I bet it's really similar. Yeah. Like starting out as a pastor, yeah. any public speaking oh my gosh. thing. I mean, ultimately, that's kind of, I, I, I know that stand-up is probably more of an art than a lot of other stuff, because yeah. there's the heckling, and, and there's a lot of different There's a lot of mental hula hoops you got to go through. But you still, in in the same way, you read the audience mm-hmm. to an extent, Yep. Um, and and you say what you came out there to say, unless the audience <laughs> is like giving you weird looks, then maybe you don't say that joke, you know? Um, so yeah, how did you, uh, how do you get past that, that hurdle of... One, uh, it takes time. Two, you got to be patient with yourself. And then three, you just try to just work on your craft. Like you just, you dedicate mental attention. You dedicate your heart to be able to just, like you said, Nathan, like there's a, there's a gift to being able to read your audience that week in, week out that come to listen to what you want to say or mm-hmm. have to say. Um, and that's a, that's a compliment. And so find some confidence in those who surround you. But it's always trying to improve because um, it is a battle. It's a battle and it's a pressure that as a speaker you put on yourself. And sometimes it's unnecessary pressure. But you kind of find this weird balance in our culture of humor because we live in such a, a humor-saturated culture that sometimes even in ministry try to like bring levity and jovial you know, uh, atmosphere to the room. And sometimes it just falls on its face. But you don't let that stop you from improving. So, yeah, I think you're right that it's – something anyone who publicly speaks who is a public speaker deals with the first time out isn't going to go great and plan that it's not going to go great and i would suggest with building your material and not that i know anything about stand-up that whole thing seems really intimidating to me i've never done anything like that before though i have done public speaking i haven't stood up and told jokes that i expected people to laugh at But I would say test it out on your family and friends. Like, you know, come up with your material, start gathering your stuff that you're going to put together for your act. But like seriously, throw it out there and see what their reaction is. If they think it's funny, that one stays. If everybody's just kind of rolling their eyes like, nah, that's not going to work. That one goes. Just uh, keep experimenting it until you build up something and then just go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you have to go for it a lot. Why are you guys both laughing at me? I don't understand what I said nothing. or did. No, nothing, you're nothing great. Um, yeah, dude. I think it's it's just a matter of time. I thought I was so good at public speaking before I took a public speaking class. I was like, I mean, like I can talk, you know, I'm not scared or nothing. And but like my my actual like presentations and stuff would they were so bad they were so bad and whenever i started radio in college i was so bad it's still so bad yeah but i can look radio back and in I college can... wasn't bad no but whenever i started out it was we all were okay that's true it's true everybody's bad whenever they start out including me no oh. um stand up i forgot the term stand up uh, people are bad whenever they start out yeah. Um, unless you're like friggin' Chris Rock or something. <laughs> I'm sure he was Maybe bad. he was bad when he started. He probably was, honestly. It was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, just keep with it. And like Rebecca said, like practice on people, you mm-hmm. know? That for me is the hard part. Yeah. 
Because whenever I'm standing in front of an audience, it's it's like I'm standing it's like I'm sitting here talking. Like yeah. if I can't like if if there's so many people that I can't even like begin to like look face to face to face to face, then I'm not nervous at all. It's just yeah. a sea of people. Yeah. Um whereas if I'm in a room with just my family or with like ten people, then I I can't talk right. Yeah. I forget my material and everything and whatever I was even saying at, in the first place. And but it's really crucial mm-hmm. because yeah, then you might get up and tell a joke that doesn't make any sense because it has a bunch of holes in it that <laughs> your family would have <laughs> yeah. so lovingly pointed out. So, yeah. One thing I think um, I learned this in seminary um, is you know look. Look at your textbooks and, you know, so like areas that we wouldn't understand or know, go to those textbooks and then instead of looking at a blank sheet of paper when you're, you know, concluding a sermon, trying to write a sermon, you you rely on these scholars, these professors, and you read what they have, you know, written down and you just go with it as you putting in your words to try and help communicate the point. So what I'm trying to say is, is like where you find your weakness, like where you're weak at um, in your craft there's always someone who's improved on it to where they're published or whatever, and they're doing really well. You can learn from them, and there's nothing wrong with just saying, "Yeah, I'm really weak in this area. How can I go to someone who's that's a strength, and then just try to cultivate that into your weakness so you can grow and blossom through that." And you know, I think in seminary it kind of taught me like I got to look beyond myself and see other people's gifts and talents because obviously they're great communicators, they're well versed, uh, and I can learn something from them that then assists me in my growth and knowledge and all those things. So even with comedy, you know, the Chris Rock comment, I mean, that dude's hysterical and he has content, you know, that you're like, how does he put these stories together? And I listen, like for example, Olin Rogers, mm-hmm. Nathan, you introduced us to Olin Rogers. And I remember thinking first, you know, the first time I heard him, I was like, he's pretty good. And like two, three episodes later, I'm, I'm hysterically laughing. I'm like, this guy can tell a story. And then I begin to realize I can learn something about his ability to connect with the audience, you know, from, multi-generational and there's that was a compliment like man he's doing really well and so i try to learn from you know scenarios and people like that just to improve in public speaking mm-hmm. i also learned that just straight up asking people yeah what they think yeah can be hugely yeah. beneficial like just straight up like that outlet hey how'd you like it yeah and you, you know they're like uh good i i mean it was good anything at all that i could improve on yeah because like for me like i'm like like if i could just have somebody listen to the podcast and take notes Mm -hmm. and then come back to me and be like hey you did really well except you know for this or this you know maybe you know change that or don't butt in here or whatever then i'm like okay and then i'm more conscious of that Mm -hmm. stuff and so i'm thinking of that stuff whenever i'm putting together the next podcast and so for me that helps a ton asking yeah. and it's really hard Constructive. to it's hard yeah. to get started doing that i only started doing that because one of my friends would ask me and at first i was like this is really weird like people don't typically just straight up <laughs> yeah. ask you these kind of questions yeah but i would give them my honest opinion and then i was like wait a minute i can do this too like i can ask questions too yeah and as long as you know people are willing to give you their honest opinion yeah. then it's beneficial so long as you don't take offense to it which you shouldn't if you're asking. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a growth. Yeah. You know, that's, that's maturing and being able to accept that and know it's not anything that's supposed to detonate you. It's supposed to build you. Mm-hmm. And with that, because in the question, they mentioned how running through the material too fast and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
the more natural you become with it, the better flow you'll have. And the amount of material you might have now that you're running through too quickly might be way too much two years down the road where you're like, I don't need all that. I got this right here, you know? And so that, that I think that's just a timing thing, just getting used to it, you know? When I first started speaking on air at KMBZ, it was really nerve-wracking because <laughs> you've got like 70,000 yeah. people listening. And when you make a mistake, that's 70,000 people listening to you make a mistake. So I would get all tense, and then I would talk way too fast, and I would stumble over words. And so like before I started talking, I started telling myself just to relax. I would take a deep breath and just like slow down. Well, now I'm I'm pretty relaxed when I'm doing the news and stuff like I I don't freak out anymore but sometimes I still have to tell myself to slow down like I'll notice myself talking mm-hmm. really fast and I'll think hey just slow down you're in no hurry like and talking fast is like literally going to save you two seconds on this story <laughs> like yeah. just slow down people don't think you're talking really slow you're just it, you, it sounds normal and you're not tripping over words and you can think about what's coming next just slow yourself down. You're in no rush. When I'm preaching, I have time people, there are times people come up and they say, man, you were just talking so fast. And to me, I need to learn from that because there's times I'm like, I remember that moment. I was telling a story or an illustration and I just got amped up, ramped up about it. And it's like, the last two yeah, Sundays, you have down. come in so fast on your preaching like yeah. that I had to take a breath for you. Like I was like, what is happening? You were yeah. like going like 100 miles an hour. And I love it that you give me a buffer and then someone else will be able to walk up and say, man, you were really amped. And I, and I know that is like a that's supposed to be an encourager to be like, remember, just slow down. Like we hear you. But sometimes you and get sometimes, so excited yeah. <laughs> that you just like go 100 miles an hour. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's happens. not like you're nervous. You just get no. really excited and you just talk really fast. When people give me eye contact and I see them nodding their head, there's something that complements that moment like, hey, I can just keep going with this you know, story or whatever and how I'm teaching or preaching. Um, but your encouragement about slowing down helps connect the dots better. And that's something that, again, that's all meant to be constructive not destructive they also said in the text that they're not good in front of a or not great in front of a a big audience yeah whenever you're talking j west yeah do you focus on one person or do you just like so over the years i've had to like just scan the room Mm -hmm. and there are times if i feel like okay i feel like i'm losing what my train of thought was because that happens often um and sometimes i will sense like okay i'm getting off track I'm going down a road I didn't intend to go with this. And usually my left hand will go in my left pocket, not fully, but like partially. It's almost like this like calming mechanism, like bring it back, bring your thoughts back. And I do like this lean in. Rebecca knows what I'm talking about. The one where you like, stand on your tiptoes? Yeah, I kind of stand on my tiptoes like, just <laughs> bring it back, man. And I'm, I'm actually looking overheads, even though everyone who's looking at me would assume I'm looking at them, but I'm looking because I'm trying to get my thought back. And then once I connect, it's like I step back, I got both hands moving again, but usually in that moment, it's a, oh no, <laughs> I'm going down a, you know, a point or a path I didn't intend. And sometimes it's beneficial because it helps support. And sometimes I'm like, now I'm just walking, you know, running bunny trails right. <laughs> and Rebecca's good about picking up on that. She's like, Hey, where were you going with that? I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad that you can notice that about me. <laughs> I can read happens. him like a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if, 
if focusing on one person, pretending like you're just talking yeah. to one person helps, then go for it. Jay West, you scan the room. Yeah. I pretty much scan the room. I don't. I just pretend like I'm not. Like there's nobody there. Yeah. Like sometimes I, that can be helpful. Yeah. Like if I could just take off my glasses and just not even <laughs> recognize faces, it's just some weird like body forms all around me. Then psh, great, It'd be so easy yeah. to talk. See, I like to popcorn around the room and make eye contact with specific people because I feel like it's an empowering thing to me. <laughs> like, I feel like once I have, like, conquered that I made eye contact and I'm still okay. Right. Like, that I have more power in the room. And so then I feel like I'm also getting a good read of what's going on in the room. If I've looked at somebody's facial expression and if I've made eye contact, they feel like I'm talking personally to them and so i might keep that person more engaged than i would have if i didn't make eye contact with them now that is a risky move if you're nervous talking to people but if uh it's a power move like me then (laughs) you could just go ahead and lock in that eye contact and uh, keep moving it around the room i am not okay whenever i make eye contact with somebody (laughs) i will like everything i'm talking about just out of my brain gone so that's why i don't do that (laughs) <laughs> well, in radio, we always pretend that we're talking to just one person. Yeah. And so when I'm speaking, when I make eye contact with that one person, I pretend that is the only person I'm talking to mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. The old uh, trick of the trade. There you go. That's Wait. it. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's an hour, dude. Oh. Oh my goodness. Another shot. Already. Therapy in the books. Hey, I got a verse. I got to just, just tell you guys. This verse is awesome. And it kind of goes along with some of this stuff because we get so critical on ourselves. Or sometimes we get critical of another person or they're criticizing. Blah. Round and round we go. But there's this verse in the book of James. And it's from chapter 2, verse 13. And it's talking about mercy. The truth of the matter is this that mercy triumphs over judgment. So. If you're being totally down on yourself and you feel like you're living in a slump or a rut, give yourself some mercy, give yourself some grace, and give other people mercy, and just fi- and just find out the joy of giving that away, and it will reciprocate. It'll come back to you, and just know that uh, you're loved and appreciated. So, listeners, thank you for texting in Shock Therapy Live. We are so glad for all of our listeners, and I'm so glad to be a part of the Vent Lab. Hey. So good. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Javis. Yeah, we'll be back around this time of the month next time. Oh, gosh. Can we not refer to it so many as things. that? Now I think so that's a thing now. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to take my notes. My specialty is is making people uncomfortable. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Join us wow. Friday. For our ooh, live ooh. stream, mm-hmm. if you missed it last week, it's on our Facebook page. You can still watch it. Lots of people have. Yep. It was super fun. The live stream enables us to have a live conversation with you. Yeah. My mic uh, fell while we were having that live conversation. It's super jank. Just the jankiest setup you've ever seen yeah. so far. You should see it. But it's going to get better. And so if you want to see us not only improving in our content, but also improving in our studio setup <laughs> and all that. It'll still probably be janky on Friday if you want to get on in on the ground level. Yep. We're still there. <laughs> so come on in. Friday, uh, what time? Same time? Eight? Is it eight that we did last yeah. time? Yeah. Yes, just... eight o'clock. Cool. We'll still plan for eight. 8 p.m. Central time. Because we got some international. That's right. International listeners. listeners. It's the national podcast. All right, that's it for the Vent Lab. Woo! You got another joke. Can I tell you a joke? Yeah. Oh, 10 God. seconds. It's a food joke. 
Hurry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but thank you guys. <laughs> Rebecca, look on your face. <laughs> We're going to go. Yes, we are. Thanks for listening. My name's Nathan. I'm Rebecca. That we was, out. That was Jay West. Peace out to Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.